Welcome to Success Talks, an exclusive podcast for our Yellow Magazine contributors. Success Talks features life-enhancing interviews with real people in professional roles and small businesses, providing our listeners tools, insights, and thought leadership to help restore life balance and redefine success. Each interview is varied and includes key lessons designed to help you focus your mind, improve productivity, and enable freedom and fulfillment. Enjoy today's episode. There are two types of people in the world, those who dream and wish, and those who dream, commit, and achieve. The hard truth is that your level of commitment equals your level of success. Let me repeat that. Your level of commitment equals the level of your success. Now, unfortunately, many stop at their dream and they never take the necessary action. If you're always setting goals for yourself, but you can't seem to follow through, you're breaking the most important promise, and that's the one with yourself. There are many reasons for the lack of commitment, and today we are going to uncover as many as possible. Our big question is how to become committed to your goals. And to answer this, we have Avion Howard. Avion is an enthusiastic digital marketer. He prides himself on hard work, attention to detail, and excellent organizational skills. The man after my own heart. Avion has a clear understanding of social media, customer engagement, and training in digital marketing. What you'll learn today is that commitment is essential regardless if you are a professional in a corporate role or if you are a business owner. So let's dive into meeting Avon to hear his story and his top tips to becoming unstoppable with using self-commitment. Avion, welcome to Success Talks. How is life treating you? Well, thanks, Tammy. Uh, life's been treating me pretty well. It's been handing me opportunities and I've been accepting those opportunities and I've been committing to those opportunities. But yeah, my name is Avion Howard. I'm just a digital marketer from Atlanta. And I've been uh, working on self-commitment ever since I've started learning on how to commit to myself fully. My life's been my life's been changing for the better. You're saying the right things, you know, like commitment, opportunities, change. Yeah, there's a common theme. If you're not committed, then unfortunately you're not growing. That's that's the hard truth. Before we dive into everything, please tell us about your journey in life and how you've managed to work on your self-commitment. I've been working through my self-commitment since I was uh, born, pretty much, as we all are. We always work on all the aspects of ourselves since we come out of the womb, but it takes different types of people and different experiences in life to bring those experiences out of you, to bring your ability to be able to commit to yourself because you can't learn if you don't uh, adventure out through life and find out how. It's hard to figure it out on your own, but the people I've connected with throughout my life 
because my uh, self-commitment journey started about uh, last year. It really started a couple years ago when I was starting with, uh, in college. When I was lost, didn't really know what to do, couldn't find my passion, but I just tried things. And see, I just saw the difference it made when I went out and tried things instead of just being scared in my dorm room, just waiting for the next day to go to class. So I've been working on it ever since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your college is slightly different to us in the UK. So college yeah. for us is age 16 to 18. What age do you start going to college? You're around 18, 19 in, uh, in America. Okay, I think that's important to um, point out uh, because uh, the way in which we grow an adult, do you find that your self-commitment really changed from when you were 18 upwards versus 16 upwards? Definitely, because when I was 16, I was still in high school. I think uh, a sophomore. Yeah, I was a, a sophomore. And I didn't really take like serious when I was 16. I was still just kind of coasting through, just making friends at high school, just laughing, having fun. But when I turned 18, everything kind of changed. It just like uh, it just snapped for me. Because I had to figure out how life was going to work, what I was going to do. Because you do eventually have to change at some point. And I realized that when I was 18, but I didn't follow through with it until I was about 20. That's when I started to actually change my life instead of just telling myself that I need to change. Because there's a difference between telling yourself and actually doing the change. Absolutely. I was trying to think back to when I was 16, what was I like? And I'm, I've, I've always been a determined person. People would say that from, you know, I was very young. I would hear them say, we're oh, very determined. And I didn't, under- I didn't understand what that actually meant. Um, but 16, yeah, uh, enjoying boys, basically. Yeah, I think that was my only commitment is to date um, and to go out with my friends and try on new clothes and, and find myself. But from the age of 18, uh, there's that wake up call of, well, now you're an adult. And for me, I was, I think I adulted sooner. So from the age of 16, I had the responsibilities of an 18 year old. And I'm really grateful for it. It's not, it's not a bad thing at all. But for most people, the adulting experience starts at 18. You have more responsibility. By the time you get to 20s, I think that's when everything hits home of, right, well, now you've had some fun, some lessons, I would say lessons. Some, you know, how, how does money work for you? And, uh, you know, it's not an endless pit. And I can now understand why my parents tell me that I can't have certain things when I was younger. It's, it's that level of responsibility. So for you, when you turned 20, what was the real driver versus 18? The real driver was that I actually went out and sought different experiences. I sought a passion because uh, through those experiences through 18 and 20, I was just trying different things and experiencing what I actually wanted to do. And 20 was when I found it, which was uh, specifically digital marketing. That was the one passion I actually had of impacting people, changing their lives, growing their business and their lives through their business. <clears throat> so your commitment was more work related. Yeah, that was the experience that I've had that I went through and found an internship that taught me everything I needed to know about the foundations of marketing, what a business even is. 
of how businesses grow themselves, like how on the outside it looks very simple, but on the inside, behind the scenes is very complex and intricate. Mm-hmm. Okay. In your article, you made some really great points and it took me back through my own journey. There was three top tips. <clears throat> uh, we'll break them yeah. down for, for everyone and then we'll go into the detail and understand a bit more about your, your journey and experiences with it. The first one is that people forget their self-commitment. That was really interesting. I was like, how can you forget? Because again, I was determined. I was like, I made a decision. I make a commitment. But how do people forget and why do they forget? Usually when people forget their self-commitments, it's not on purpose. It's always uh, a subconscious thing that they forget because they make their commitment. They have this determination. They want to do this because they see the end result that they want to achieve. They see the end result and they try to strive for that. But without knowing the process of what it takes to reach that end goal is how we forget that we wanted that angle in the first place and because of the process is just too hard. Yes. So the reasons why. Um, and then when they start the process, it's the obstacles that are stopping them from trying. It gets too deep in their mind that I actually I have to put in work for this result. I didn't know I had to put in this much work for the result. So they end up forgetting the end goal entirely, then it just gets lost. Okay. Name an experience that you've had where you've come up with a great idea and you've maybe started it. Uh, maybe you didn't start it. It was just the thought process that put you off. Uh, yeah, tell, tell us how that worked for you. What was the journey? The journey for me was... Uh, <clears throat> I can relate to this back in uh, college when I switched majors from biology to psychology. Because at first I wanted to be a physical therapist, which is an idea I had. Because I, I, I kind of enjoyed the idea of helping people through, you know, physical pain, getting them physically fit, all this. But what deterred me a lot was the college courses that I had to take about anatomy, chemistry, a bunch of science classes that had the biology major. And then it helped me realize that it's not that you can't just, you know, walk into a physical therapy place and just apply for it. You have to put in the work, have a degree, probably go get a master's in biology, all that stuff. So, yeah, that pretty much made me forget that I wanted to be a physical therapist at some point. But I ultimately changed, like I said, uh, to psychology, which helped me through there. And psychology was really something I wanted to pursue because it helped me understand how the mind works. And that was uh, much more inspirational to me than what I wanted to do at first. Is that different then in that you're, it's not you forgetting that the, there's hardship to come, but more that you weren't aligned to your passion? Is that not the reason for not commitment? Yeah, that was another thing about uh, not aligning. About not aligning and forgetting. Yeah, so how does it differ that uh, you you chose a different path going down psychology 
and you said that the hardship you realized that <clears throat> there was more learning that you'd have to do to achieve that goal so you decided not to do it but to me what I'm hearing is that you are more aligned and more passionate about um, psychology over uh, biology so how does it differ then from how would someone who's listening to this thinking oh I'm struggling with commitment I want to improve it and it's um, it's recognizing whether that's actually a passion problem or whether it's a that's way too hard for me to do Well, that comes down to your ability and different experiences that you want to pursue. Like trying out a new thing, you try it out for a while and you just see that it doesn't work no matter how hard you try or the different ways that you try, it still just doesn't click for you. Then I guess that is where you would come into a, a passion problem. And forgetting is different. Let's say somebody wanted to exercise, right? Like the example I made in my article, that somebody wanted to exercise. <clears throat> they wanted to get fit. They wanted to lose, uh, say, 50 pounds. If they wanted to lose that 50 pounds, they have to put in the work to lose a certain amount of weight over a certain amount of time to get to that ultimate goal of 50 pounds. But then it's a lot of work to lose that 50 pounds in that certain time frame. So then they would forget like, oh, this is so much work. And then they would just forget it. And then probably either lose it, take a long break, and then probably uh, go back to it eventually. Okay. So they're not completely forgetting. They'll try, but face loads of stumbling blocks. Forget the um the end result maybe because they're not getting it fast enough maybe there's an expectation problem going on there that they can't just lose 50 pounds overnight and it, it takes a yeah. while um but the passion part it made me think about uh and, and I, I don't see it being a passion but more of your reasons why you do something when it comes to losing weight uh, i don't ever focus on the number that's not important to me but it's instead how i feel because it's it's really essential for my future self to be fully able. I don't want to be that parent that is unable to fully interact with their child on many levels, particularly yeah. physically. So I have a vision of being able to throw my child into the air. And when they say, again, 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 I can do that because that's really deep and important to me. And that would be a driver to push past any of my excuses or the hardships. Um, is there a difference for someone who is really struggling to commit and there's another way that they can reframe, see the situation from a different <clears throat> angle so that they can be committed? Uh, yeah, they can see it from a different angle for sure. It always uh, depends on the way you think about things. That's the driver. Having a different perspective is that... Because <clears throat> one, one side of the perspective is that this is too much work, so I don't want to do this. And then another perspective is that this is work, so I want to do this. This is a lot of work that I want to dedicate myself to. I want to see if I can do this work. It's just really a, a, a perspective shift. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. In my uh, videos, you, you may see on YouTube or on my website, 
I talk about why motivation is not enough. Or in fact, I think the um, title is Motivation is a Lie. I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Um, and uh, the way in which I describe it is that when you're a child, you don't feel motivated to tidy your room. You don't feel motivated to do your homework. And the only way you get that stuff done is well, your parents. <laughs> they tell you, get this done at this time. Um, you as a child might think, ah, you're nagging me. But actually, they're just helping you to be committed to um, you know, your, your education or your general hygiene, those types of things. And so as you adult, it's now time to parent yourself. And this is where self-commitment comes in. It's that constant reminder. If you want this, if this is where you're going, this is your dream, you have to be that nag to yourself of get it done, move forward, regardless of yeah. the challenges. And they will show up because that is life. There's always something new to learn. And one person's advice uh, might not work for you. You might have a different way of doing it. And, and, and so fine just find your way just don't think oh now i'm out of options give up there's always an option you just need to be open to it and remind yourself why you were doing it in the first place is it the passion that you're trying to um uh to develop is it like in my case you know for fitness it's about being the mother that's fully able and, and energized, finding the deep reasons why, and parenting yourself constantly. You've got to get it done. Uh, and, and you can do that, you know, talking out loud, uh, voices in your head. Um, but a strategy that I found that worked quite well is having like post-it notes. I used to love putting post-it notes around my house. And it was that constant reminder, of just do this thing. Um, uh, yeah. I found that was that was quite helpful. Did you have any sort of strategies that were really helpful for you to be committed to yourself? Yeah, and that's a very uh, impactful statement that everyone has their own way. My specific way was that I just wrote things down in my notes, and I just always uh, looked at my notes every day to remind myself what I'm supposed to be doing, what I could be doing, and what I wanted to do. But yeah, everyone has their own journey in their own way, their own life to live and shouldn't live in other people's expectations. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like um, self-coaching, those questions. Was that your intentions? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good. Good. I find journaling really helpful. There's loads of different journal prompts out there and reflecting yeah. on what's worked well, what hasn't. You know, tomorrow's another day. Uh, just find a new strategy that works for you. What's most important is focusing on what it is that you want to achieve and going after it bit by bit. There's a really good book. Um, it's called Atomic Habits. I forget the author and the way he describes, you know, creating lasting change is about small, small habits, small changes. Uh, I was trying to, uh, I, I had a severe chocolate addiction at one point. <laughs> I used to work for a chocolatier in the UK and um, I remember that I went up a dress size and how I realised I put on weight was that my shirt was getting really tight and I thought, oh, I've got a problem here. So I wanted to cut out the chocolate and my habit used to be the extreme of I'd go home from work and I'll stop off at the petrol station to go pick up my daily chocolate bar because I haven't had one yet, so I have to have this chocolate bar. 
And I, and I realized one day that was ridiculous. Like, don't do that. Um, the reason why I had the daily chocolate bars because I stopped having chocolate in the house. I thought, well, if I rem- eliminate one thing, that will help me stay on my commitment of having this healthy body. But my new addiction would be go to the petrol station. And I wasn't really solving my problem. I just found another way of getting my chocolate. Uh, uh, After that, it was, well, instead of me going extreme, there's some people that do that all or nothing. And I don't find that uh, an effective strategy. Particularly for perfectionists, they tend to have that type of mindset. I'm all or nothing. Uh, Whereas for me, I was thinking, well, just in moderation. Instead of me going to get my daily chocolate bar, I was like, well, I can have my chocolate bar twice a week, but I get to choose. So one day I might really want my chocolate bar. Fine. But if I had that Monday, Tuesday, I cannot have it for the rest of the week. And that strategy worked. It was like slowly breaking it down. And I remember the day going into uh, the supermarket and I had gone in to do my shopping, but I didn't enter the chocolate aisle. And that was a big moment. I didn't even realize. I, I left and I, I put my shopping away and I went home and I thought, wow, I've done it. I've broken my addiction because I didn't even think about the chocolate aisle. I got home and I was like, yes, that's it. And I was able to pick up the momentum. So it was about those small habit changes bit by bit, not the all or nothing. Um, and, and, and then I created this new version of me and it allowed me to then take that up a notch because, yeah, I had to evolve myself to be this strong and energized person. You put in your article about perfectionists. Um, what has been your experience with perfectionism? Is that something that you can relate to and that's why you wrote about it? Yeah, uh, in the articles I write, it's always referring back to me uh personal experiences that i've gone through and that i've learned about always way of me reflecting i guess uh my expressions back onto the world so i can read about how i feel about things and perfectionism yeah i can definitely uh when i started to learn a new skill i tried to be perfect in that skill to try to get everything correct but i realized that I was just starting out, so I wasn't going to be good uh, at all. Uh, one skill I tried to learn was uh, music production, making different uh, beats or soundtracks and everything. To me, they were, yeah, decent soundtracks, but as I just started out, you know, the beats weren't really on track with it. The melodies were kind of off, stuff like that. But as I keep practicing and practicing, I do get better. And now my soundtrack, whenever I would make one, is a pretty good one. I would receive positive feedback as opposed to honest feedback or negative feedback that I saw was, because I always see criticism as uh, productive to me because it helps me realize that I'm not perfect and I'm not, and I could be better. Yeah, there's always an evolution, something to learn and, and room for growth yeah always a way to change it's funny you say that um because it made me think about riding a bike and this always comes to my mind when someone learns a new skill when you're a child 
you're very enthusiastic about learning and growing and and bike um is an example that that i i have and, and i remember the journey that i would go through and it would be you know uh you get your bike you have stabilizers because you at the moment don't have the balance and coordination to to ride the bike on its own from there you would eventually take the stabilizers off and that's when you're truly trying to understand your balance which is all fine when you you get that but then there's a time where uh, there's a curb or there's a, a pothole in the ground and you go through that and you then lose control of the bike because you don't realize or anticipate what's going to happen and you fall off you graze your knee as a kid you cry clean your knee get back on your bike you keep trying you don't stop at any point and say well I give up you just try 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 get a bruise try try and eventually you just ride your bike it's um it's confidence growing but as we adult we have this unfair expectation of ourselves to just get things right immediately and that failure is crippling severely crippling because then it's like well I'm done you know, I, I'm clearly not good enough. What's the point of trying? And that's kind of like a toxic place to to get to. So when you had your experiences with um, producing music, which, by the way, well done, that's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen other people do it, and it's like, wow, that's incredible. And how you put all the, the, the I don't know what they're called, but those little bars and and how that um, uh, matches the other beats and yeah. I'm trying my best to explain what that actually, how it works there. Um, but yeah, yes. did you have moments where you wanted to give up and, and you felt failure was really hitting you hard in the face? Yeah, uh, back to the music production. Definitely, because uh, perfectionism puts you in a perspective where you view failure as a bad thing. And it deters you from continuing to strive. So I definitely failed when making music at first, but it didn't change my viewpoint on what I wanted to do. I saw it as a way to improve because every time I noticed something that was off in my music, I wanted to go change it and fix it because every beat I made was better than the last one. That was where I was striving to. And I was inspired by hearing different artists and different producers because they made their music so well, it just sounded so good. And I thought, I could just make that in a day. But no, those guys take uh, years. They practice. They do this all the time, every day, all day. And they get paid for it. It's their life, pretty much. But yeah, I noticed that during my process. That's something we can't forget, is that it is a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a quick thing. You know, if it was, everyone will be doing everything and we're not. (laughs) And this is why we pay people good money to produce something, whether that's a soundtrack, whether that's uh, digital marketing, whatever it might be. They are the ones who put in that time and effort to learn it. So if you're if you're taking on a new goal, uh, there's. Uh, an expectation or a reality check that you need to have with yourself it's, it's a journey it's going to take a while you will get some bruises you know it's, it's not a problem yeah. dust it off get back on your bike and, and try again just keep moving forward because overall what's your alternative stay the same well if you want to stay the same fine just don't set the goal in the first place 
But yeah. if you do want to learn and grow, there's some steps that you're going to need to take. For sure. I think that's the number one fear that uh, holds people back is just changing, just wanting to do something different. Yeah, and that's a whole other topic that we could talk about another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Based on what you've shared today, what one key advice would you give to the listeners? Well, if you leave this meeting with only one thing, let it be this, to live your life the way you can, not how someone else wants you to live. And living in other people's expectations is just a sure route for disappointment that's very yellow of you. <laughs> nice response. Um, do you have any services, products available to help the listeners to go to yellow? Oh, uh, yeah. I mentioned in the beginning that I was a digital marketer, that I help people um, relieve their stress and problems from growing their business so that it can be easier on them, so they can make more time for themselves to improve on the skills that they want to do, to make more commitments that they want to make to themselves that I help people improve in their business, realize how they can change their lives. Because me, I don't see myself as someone that changes people. I just help people realize that they can change themselves. Yeah, you definitely can't do everything by yourself. Another yeah. reason why many people fail is that they try to take it all on. And actually yeah. sometimes you just need to realize that someone else can do it. And that's absolutely fine. Just learn to trust. Um, and uh, yeah, you can just focus on the things that you really want to focus on. Right, yeah. How can the listeners get in touch with you? Uh, they can definitely contact me on Facebook, which is just my name, Avion Howard. LinkedIn, same thing, just my name, Avion Howard. And I've just recently opened a medium where I'm going to be posting other blogs as well. Just my name, Avion Howard. <clears throat> And I also have a Instagram, which is uh, deluxe underscore saint, which will definitely be in the description. Awesome. Avion is available to support you, guide you, and inspire you on a journey to yellow. Reach out today. Help is here. It's always here, but you must take the first step. Details can be found in the description. Avion, thank you for your words of wisdom today and in the yellow magazine. May your life be yellow. And thank you, Tammy, for having me. I just wanted to say that this was a great experience.